Hey everyone, this is Leon from Fiasco and Prologue Projects. On this week's episode of 5 to 4, Peter, Rhiannon, and Michael are appearing live. They will be talking about some of the ongoing court battles over climate change that are unfolding between state and local governments and big oil companies. They will also be adjudicating disputes from the audience, taking questions, and placing a very important phone call. This is 5 to 4, a live show about how much the Supreme Court sucks. Welcome to 5 to 4, uh, where we dissect and analyze the Supreme Court cases that have, uh, what, did I, what did I decide on? <laughs> Smacked our civil liberties like an angry Scientologist at the Oscars. <laughs> That's right. Keep it topical, baby. <laughs> We're glad to be here. This is our first live show ever. Uh, happy to be in Oakland. Uh, we haven't done anything. Uh, no. Uh, we've taken a lot of Uber trips. We took one good Uber trip with um, an 18-year-old boy um, <laughs> yes. who told us that he'd been talking to a lot of lawyers in his Uber that day. And asking them a question, and the question was, um, when you represent someone who's committed a heinous crime, do you cover your face in case you mess up and they want to come kill you afterwards? <laughs> and I was trying to like engage with this young person sincerely. Like, she was, I was like, so patient. I she was do this so work, and, and no, I, I don't cover my face. Yeah, there was like definitely, like a, when she said that she actually represents People like that. He was like, oh, oh. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Yeah. And then he said, you ever face some gnarly murder prosecutors? <laughs> <laughs> and she has. She has. <laughs> I do. Uh, a definitive yes. Yeah, absolutely. So quick rundown of the show. We are going to do a case or a series of cases, although we're going to we're going to condense it. We are then going to adjudicate some disputes, personal disputes that we solicited from the audience. And we are going to take questions. And the, the phone call that Leon hinted at, I think we should just say. We should, we should let him know. We have procured what I would estimate is a 50% chance to be Brett Kavanaugh's current phone number. That's right. That's right. We, we don't uh, know how that is going to go. No. Uh, we are going to do it here tonight. You're going to do this with us. <laughs> um, BK, what's up? Saturday night. What's going on, bro? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, again, 50%, but we're going for it. Yeah. We're going for it live. We have a burner phone, and... Uh, That's, That's right. right. That's right. That's right. Um, uh, you might be thinking, like, is this legal? Well. <laughs> really depends on how the call goes. It depends. <laughs> it depends what we say. And um, I think it's a gray area in a lot of other ways. That's, um, that's right where we want to keep it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, before we do some case law, uh, we are going to do some sellout shit. All right. So before we get started, uh, yeah, this show was made possible by uh, our sponsors. And so we want to thank them. 
this live show is brought to you by the Democratic National Committee. Yeah. Big, big re- Wait, wait. Hear what they have to say Come first. on. Give them, give them a chance. For years, the DNC has been fighting for your rights. <laughs> Whether it be in Congress, through the executive branch, or in the courts. But recently, the Supreme Court has started to make it harder for everyday citizens like yourself to vote. They've also begun to take away important rights, like your right to abortion and right. equal protection under the law. I don't law. know if you guys have heard about that. That is happening. It's pretty bad. So donate to the DNC today, and they will use that money to tell the Supreme Court, please. <laughs> Please, please stop. <laughs> please do not hurt us. We're sorry. And we'll do whatever you want. <laughs> so go to dnc.org slash donate today and help us beg for mercy. <laughs> All right. Is that the real website, by the way? I have no idea. Well, <laughs> we're going to figure it out. Um <laughs> That was worth the $25,000 <laughs> from the DNC. <laughs> and now the show is profitable. Yeah, and incredibly profitable. good stuff. Um, so we do want to talk about a couple of cases, um, and we wanted to keep it at least semi-local. Um, so there is a case called Oakland v. BP, and uh, there's a related case, BP v. Baltimore. BP, as I imagine most people know, British Petroleum. But they rebranded after they sort of yeeted uh, 210 million gallons of oil into the Gulf of Mexico. Mm-hmm. And um, being sort of savvy, savvy marketers, they were like, what should we change the name to from British Petroleum? And someone was like, what about BP? Think about and they it. said yes. Yeah. We, we don't even have to change the signs. Keep the signs. Keep the signs. It's smart. It's just savvy stuff. That guy makes $5 million a year. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So anyway, over the last decade, it's become pretty clear Congress uh, not going to do anything significant about climate change. And uh, so a bunch of states and cities have started strategizing about what they can do. Uh, Several cities, including Baltimore, Oakland, and San Francisco, sued a bunch of oil companies for the damage caused by climate change under a bunch of different causes of action, including uh, like nuisance laws. And since then, the oil companies have been battling to get the cases brought into federal court where they can run it up to our buddies at the Supreme Court and probably win. Uh, Re? Color? Background. Background. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so let's give it up one time for climate change. Yes! It's coming! So, you know, briefly, just to set the stage, I don't think to this audience I really need to describe or convince anybody about what's happening in the impending climate crisis, right? Um, But, Just briefly, according to the UN Intergovernmental Commission on Climate Change, we have nine years to drastically change our practices before massive famine, droughts, poverty, floods are happening as a result of climate change. And of course, what's our federal government doing about it? Jack shit. So, you know, there isn't really anything left to do if you're a state, a a municipal government, other than 
fire up that Westlaw account and and see see what kind of claim you got, right? It's time to sue somebody. So that's what these cities did. Um, back in 2017, Oakland and San Francisco sued five uh, major oil and gas companies. This includes BP, it includes Chevron, ExxonMobil, Shell, you know, the boys. Yeah. Um, can, you, can you imagine like the motion hearings where like they all walk in and it's like, oh shit. <laughs> oh, he's here too. Yeah. That's oh, my buddy. That's my dog over there. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. So we got the whole crew. <laughs> gang, gang. <laughs> and both cities, uh, Oakland and San Francisco, I'm talking about here, both cities are alleging the same thing. They're saying these companies continued to produce and market their products knowing that they were bad for the environment and knowing, in fact, that those products are responsible for more than 11% of overall global carbon dioxide emissions. So, and according to the coastal cities, right? They're going to now have to spend billions of dollars to protect people, to protect property from sea level rise, right? They're going to have to build massive infrastructure. They're talking about seawalls, um, all sorts of stuff to protect from the impending climate crisis and rising like sea levels. <laughs> all across the bay, one wall. <laughs> yeah. Um, so plus they say this is a public nuisance under California state law, this, this climate change stuff. And here's what they want. They want the court to order that the companies create an abatement fund to pay for the city's climate change adaptation programs. So just briefly, let's talk about what the cases are, because this technically isn't a Supreme Court case. These cases aren't at the Supreme Court yet. So the city's sued in state court, right, under state law, saying this is a public nuisance under California state law. And the companies removed the cases to federal court. So the companies, they're saying these are federal issues. This affects tons of disputes, including intergovernmental disputes with, you know, our foreign relations abroad. This also has to do with interstate matters. This has to be in federal court, according to the oil companies. And so the cities appealed that ruling in federal court that the claims could only be heard in federal court. They appealed it to the Ninth Circuit. And the Ninth Circuit reversed. They agreed with the cities. They yeah. said that those public nuisance claims are state law claims in California, and they can proceed in state court. That's right. So that's where we're at. Yeah. yeah. So I, right, like the state of it right now is that um, the gas companies are still trying to go to federal court. And that's because, I mean, A, the Supreme Court is at the top of the federal court system. Right. Um, also, like state courts probably more protective of state laws and state interests. And, uh, and if you're in state court, you have to fight, like, if you're the oil companies, you have to fight, like, five lawsuits at once as opposed to, like, a single federal case. So a lot of cost-benefit uh, analysis going into it for the oil companies. Mm -hmm. uh, and they have a couple of arguments that it should be in federal court. One is that all of this stuff is under the Clean Air Act, which is, like, federal legislation. But the other argument is that they're, <laughs> they're so intertwined with the federal government <laughs> that they actually should be treated like a federal agency. Do you know how many Is fucking senators right? we have purchased? Right. right. We, yeah. are, right. we are essentially a legislative that's, body unto ourselves. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the legal argument. Um, so, <laughs> Yeah, it goes oil companies, then EPA at right. the federal government, okay? Right. Right. That's right. I mean, that does sound correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, this gets run up to the Supreme Court in, in part last year um, because the Fourth Circuit basically sided with Baltimore and said, yeah, this should be in state court. But the Supreme Court said, actually, you did that analysis wrong. 
uh, and they threw it back to basically say, well, maybe this should be in federal court. So it's sort of still up in the air right now. Um, it was a seven to one decision written by Gorsuch. Only dissent was Sotomayor, right? That's right. Yeah, and, and so you might be thinking seven to one. That that's that's only eight. One short. <laughs> I could have sworn short. there were there were nine of those assholes up Where's there. And, the and so one? here's the thing: Sam Alito, fucking alpha male, Sam Alito, <laughs> uh, has a bunch of oil stocks and was like, "I got to recuse. I make way too much fucking money." <laughs> Off the destruction of the habitat that, the that we all planet. enjoy. Yeah. Um, I can't hear this case impartially. Uh, fun fact. Shell, one of the defendants in this case, you know, uh, Amy Coney Barrett, her father is an executive at Shell. Was. 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 Was for 30 years. You know? <laughs> so you might think she should recuse, but you know. Before we uh, get into the discussion of this case, though, uh, we're here in Oakland. Oakland is a plaintiff. We have a lot of lawyers in the office, uh, in, in the office, in, in our presence. Um, anybody uh, maybe involved in the is case? Is anybody or? working on this case? You, you fucking, fucking losers. Slackers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, they're coming to podcast live shows. They don't have time to work on the oil case. Uh, disappointing. Yeah. Well, you would have gotten a nice shout out. Never mind. So to get into this case, uh, you know, it, it's interesting because these clearly sort of try to model themselves off the tobacco legislation uh, that was very successful in the 1990s uh, that actually, you know, extracted billions of dollars from the tobacco industry. Uh, those cases, they alleged that the tobacco companies had misled consumers uh, and were prosecuted under consumer protection laws. And uh, the states basically said, well, look, we're, we're having damages here. Uh, we're having to pay out uh, Medicaid bills uh, for people with lung cancer, and it's your fault. On the other hand here, these are being prosecuted under public nuisance laws, which are a little different. There might be a more tricky causation analysis. Um, they're clearly thinking along the same lines, and like, we're suffering damages here. Uh, everybody's going to die. That's, that's a damage, I think. <laughs> right, um, right, right, right. That's got to count for something. So uh, that's a nuisance. That being said, there are some other cases in Minnesota and D.C. that are more directly modeled on the tobacco legislation and are saying, look, uh, you know, or litigation, sorry. Um, they're saying, look, you know, uh, oil companies knew back in the 60s that what they were doing was destroying the environment, that it would be have catastrophic effects. Right. And they've misled consumers. They've misled the government and regulators about this. It basically looks very much like the tobacco claims. And, and so everybody's taking their cues from that and, and hoping that uh, at the very least we can, we can get some money out of these assholes. I don't know. I, I'm a little bullish. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Peter, Peter disagrees. <laughs> yeah, you know, something I think that is really interesting is the way, in the absence of the federal government doing anything about climate change, the way states and local governments are trying to figure out what to do under their own state laws, right? Um, we had a talk with Dean Erwin Shemarinsky. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard of him. The Dean! Uh, oh, down at, down at Berkeley Law on... 
Thursday night. Thursday. Yeah. And we were talking about affirmative action in that case and how um, and how the Supreme Court is about to overturn affirmative action, say that it's unconstitutional in this upcoming term. And a really good point that I've been thinking about that Shemarinsky brought up was that, okay, once affirmative action is overturned and colleges and universities across the country can't use affirmative action anymore, you know, some schools are still going to try to figure out how to diversify their student bodies. But other schools are not, depending on where you are, right? And so that's what I've been thinking about here too. So state and local governments are, you know, undertaking, taking it upon themselves to figure out under the law, what are our claims in the face of this impending climate crisis? But that depends on where you live, right? Um, In Texas, my state government, my local governments are not going to be bringing any of these kinds of claims. So no. um, it's just interesting. I think it's an, it's a really interesting and, and cool area of the law to be watching right now. But it's also sort of um, maybe tragic how siloed these strategies are, depending on where you live and your geographic context. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I don't have anything to add. I think it's just fucking bleak that like in real life, Captain Planet is the city of Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, <laughs> to be a little more hopeful, um, you know, these companies are international and there are other courts. And not only are they facing these challenges in other courts, they've taken losses in other courts. I think most recently uh, in Dutch courts, uh, they Shell Oil has been ordered to reduce emissions by uh, 45% by 2030. There's, of course, loopholes, right? Like, do their emissions include the sale of their products and the use of their products? Eh. Or is it just their emissions? Just their emissions digging up the fucking oil that is being burned and destroying, uh, you know, our entire way of life. But that being said... uh, This is very hopeful. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Look, we're not the only country in the world. Yeah. That that's my that's my little ray of hope for you. When you're there when are you're, other countries out there. Nice. When you Some put your little head, than us. when you put your little head on your pillow tonight, you just think to yourself, "We're not the only country in the world." Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So um, that was our case. That was a case. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, let's let's go straight to our next sponsor, and yeah. Uh, yeah. and then we'll we'll move on. Yeah. Um, Got to give a a shout out to our sponsors tonight. Thank you so much. We're very grateful um, for supporting our little show. So this live show is brought to you by the Republican National Committee. (laughs) As you know, the Republican Party has successfully fought for control over the United States Supreme Court in recent years. We know that most 5-4 listeners are on the left, but we have a question for you. Aren't you tired of losing? Don't you want to win? Join the Republican Party and lay that little brain of yours to rest. RNC.org slash donate to start winning for once in your loser life. That's right. And uh, I'll tell you who's really winning. Thank you. Yeah. I'm 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 buying a fucking house in the Seychelles off this. Yeah, <laughs> we got uh, we got seventy five thousand for that one. Yeah. <laughs> worth it. Yeah, worth it. All right. I think we're moving on to, you know, a lot of people have been judgmental about the fact that we're just sort of like criticizing the court oh. um, and that we don't 
do any judging ourselves. Yeah. Um, so we thought it was time to remedy that and prove that. I'm critical of that too. That, I think we should be judging. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I figured that we should show that we've got the chops to do this, uh, that we can resolve disputes. So we sent out a call to attendees to uh, submit their personal disputes to us. And we're gonna we're gonna handle some of them, right? Order. Cue music. Order in the court. All rise. You don't have to rise. <laughs> you are about to enter the new parish district court with the honorable five four presiding. The people are real. The cases are real. The rulings are final. This is five four justice. Plaintiff Hunter is suing her ex-boyfriend for defamation. In dispute, whether or not the plaintiff can object to a nickname issued by the defendant. The defendant, we'll call him Dave, will be tried in absentia. Justices, this is case number 54 on the docket. The matter of Hunter v. Dave. All right. Hunter, where are you? Raise your hand. Oh, there she is. Hunter! Get Hunter a mic. You can you can, can stand, stand you can stand up. Hunter. Yeah. Uh, thanks for being here. We appreciate you submitting. Um, I think the place to start is to give everyone some background. You told us that your ex boyfriend was using a nickname for you, a, a pet name that you found to be offensive. Can you tell us what the pet name was? Yeah. Um, the pet name was Bitch Tits. <laughs> Okay, Hunter. Uh, I, I know. I get why you're here. You yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. So Dave's not here with us Dave, tonight. Dave is far away. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, okay. Um, so so I, I think rightfully the, so. I think. Yeah. The the first thing to do maybe is Dave, Dave's not here, so he needs he needs a lawyer. <laughs> he needs a defender. <laughs> uh, all right. So. Motion to the court. Uh, I would like to be appointed to represent Dave in absentia yeah. here. Uh, yeah, granted. Motion, motion granted. granted. Yes. Um, right. A lot of this bit relies on us thinking that gavels are really fucking funny. Um, <laughs> so if you guys don't get with that, it's going to be a long half hour. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I think we should swear Hunter yeah. in. That's right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. we we um, each brought books from the uh, the text from the major three religions. That's right. Uh, Re has the Quran. Ooh. Here's the Quran. I have Dianetics uh, <laughs> by L. Ron Hubbard, L. Ron founder Hubbard. of Scientology. Oh. And Michael has the novelization of Star Wars Episode Eight, oh. The Last Jedi. That's right. Um, so choose your God and we'll proceed. <laughs> this is, um, this is a great time to be an atheist who's never been to No, you have to choose one of these religions. I'm going to go with Dianetics for sure. Dianetics? It's the only one that makes sense. All right. Uh, right hand to Xenu mm -hmm. and, uh, <laughs> do, you, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth? So help you all Ron Hubbard. Yeah, totally. Great. All right. Excellent. Uh, can Excellent. you, sorry, can you just, uh, do finger guns at Dianetics? That makes it official. Thank the you. The witness is sworn. Because it wasn't on, her hand wasn't on it. Right, so you have right. To so you thing. have to do this at the thing. Right. right. Okay. All right. 
So uh, we want to get started. Hunter, before we get into this, uh, we have to know, this feels like a trap. It feels like you're asking Peter and I to say inappropriate things about women's bodies. And we want to know if strict scrutiny sent you here. <laughs> yeah. To get I, us canceled. I, Your Honors, it's all in the complaint. That is all I can say right now. <laughs> okay. Have you ever listened to strict scrutiny? No. Uh, Correct answer. Correct, Correct answer. answer. Nice. So I, we like I, to hear. I find you very credible. Yeah. In this <laughs> yeah. That's right. All right. Can you explain the origin of the nickname? How did this first come to be? Yeah, I, this was in undergrad a few years ago, and I was in class, and we were going to meet for lunch on campus, and I, I get a text in the middle of class that says, hey, do you want to get lunch, bitch tits? <laughs> um, wow. That was, the, that was the first time? That, that is the <laughs> inception in writing. All right, now, as, as, uh, as the ex-boyfriend's defense attorney, I have some questions of my own. So did you ever call him a pet name? No, not one that was good or anything akin to bitch tits. Okay. So, um, but he explained to you multiple times this was a term of endearment for him. Um, the explanation came after the use. Yes, after my objection. Sure. Okay. Understood. And, you know, did he ever say something like, bitch tits, I love you so fucking much? No, not once. Okay. All right. Re. Okay. You, know, you don't, as a public defender, you don't choose your clients. You know what I mean? So. Sometimes you, you, you do choose you your boyfriend. A lot of you probably have wondered what it's like to represent the worst of the worst. <laughs> so, um, I have a couple more questions. Uh, you mentioned in your email to us how he defined bitch tits or why he was using it. Could you explain that? Oh, why, why I thought he was using it? Or oh, is, his... that, is that, well, did he provide an explanation for why he used it? I think he thought there was like a shock factor and like a subversion to mm. not saying like sweetheart, but like bitch Yeah, tits. no, it's very subversive. <laughs> it's incredibly subversive. Yeah. Her ex-boyfriend is a, a, a radical... Yeah, you know, no, he's pushing, he's pushing the boundaries that, of that. relationships and comedy. <laughs> Well, we are, of course, committed textualists. Yep. And so the first thing we need to do here is go to the dictionary. You um, gotta look up the definition. You gotta, gotta go to Merriam Webster. You gotta look up the definition of bitch tits. And uh, so here's the thing. I went to, you know, the Oxford English Dictionary, and that costs money. Uh, so here at 5-4, we use the People's Dictionary, the free Merriam-Webster online yep. dictionary. Uh, and according to that bitch is defined as a malicious, spiteful, or overbearing woman. That's informal or often offensive. Uh, well, the scenario where it's also, not offensive. Yeah, they, they did um, occasionally define terms as saying always offensive. So this is, like when it says often, they are being specific. That's correct. And indicating that it's not always offensive. An always offensive term is, or used as a generalized term of abuse and disparagement for a woman. Another definition that might be relevant here is something that is extremely difficult, objectionable, or unpleasant. Right. The dictionary like definitions are not working for my client right now. Yeah. I object um, based on that. 
Miriam Webster. <laughs> Sustained. <laughs> no, we overruled. Don't fucking overrule me. <laughs> not, not here. <laughs> Tits defined as one, teat. Or two, vulgar, breast. Usually used in plural. That's, that's how I've been using it. <laughs> that tracks with my experience as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do we make of this? Well, first of all, I think that this is a term that is really more than the sum of its parts. Um, uh, and that's why I believe, I believe we should consult with the real authority here. Okay. Urban Dictionary. Yeah, that's, it's, that is a good point. The Urban Dictionary definition, which is riddled with typos, including the repeated misspelling of the word tits. Hard to do. But a, I but bet you don't even know how they did it. There's two T's. T-I-T-T-S. Tits. So that, tits. I think that technically is three T's, Peter. Well, you know what I meant. <laughs> um, Urban Dictionary says, male breeds, they mean breasts, but this is one of the types. Male breeds. <laughs> Um, parentheses, man boobs are called bitch tits. Example? Um, example given is <laughs> Bob has bitch tits. Submitted by Disturbed05 okay. in July 2004. They, I wouldn't call that uh, authoritative. No. But I would say it's persuasive authority. It it, that, that, it resonates with my understanding of the term, which was a, mate, a way to disparage men. Yes. Um, and the fact that it's being used to disparage a woman is, in a way, erasing us, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> I hate these All right, guys. let's move on. <laughs> my... So, <laughs> my, uh, my, my take as a committed textualist is, of course, that the ordinary public meaning is our lodestar. Yeah. Yeah. Abs absolutely. And yeah. so, if my experience is that the phrase bitch titched is used to disparage overweight men, let's say, which makes it, I think, a pretty awful yeah. and body shaming term. Yeah. It, not only is it just too, like, basic curse words mashed together, but it's used to disparage people based on their appearance. And from what we can tell, has absolutely, these, this definition has absolutely no bearing on the use of it when asking you to lunch. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm ready to issue a verdict. I am, I am. too. Um, now, Re, you're representing the guy, so... <laughs> The, the proper course would be to recuse, although, of course, there are no official rules. I'm listening. Uh, are you going to recuse? Absolutely the fuck not. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I'm, I'm ruling in favor of my, of my client. I mean, he's, he's my client, so. Smart. One vote for Dave. I gotta say... You know, this case really resonates with me because uh, my wife will often pop into the room. She'll just stick her head in and go, hey, you're a bitch. <laughs> and then fucking walk away. And I'll tell you, that hurts. <laughs> but I also, I also kind of like it. <laughs> yes. 
So I'm, I'm really, I'm really divided. Um, do you think I should refuse? No, that's not a real conflict. No, I think that's all right. Despite that, at the end of the day, you know what? I believe women. Mm-hmm. And Hunter is here. She's telling her story. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for Hunter. Yeah. Vote in favor of the... Okay. 1-1. One, one. Making me the most important vote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think this is pretty simple. Uh, I think that what he really wanted was to call you a bitch um, because he's a dick. Uh, and he thought, well, maybe I can get away with it if I do some weird nickname thing and then tell her that it's endearing. Um, and my guess is that he's sort of a weird dude. Can you confirm? Eh. Sort, of. <laughs> sort of. Yeah, that's what sort of means. <laughs> so, is he an asshole? Eh. <laughs> so it's a close one. Um, but I, uh, I, can't, I can't stand behind the use of, of bitch tits. No. no. Well, it, well, this is 1997. It's disgusting. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Say it to men, even wronger when you say it to men. Yeah. yeah. Two to one. Hunter. Thank Hunter. If I, if I can just say thank you so much to the court. Absolutely. Um, uh, also, we know that he can't pay damages to you, so we have uh, some damages that we can pay you. Um, they're not legal in every state, but they're legal in this one. So you... Uh, so uh, hit us, find us find after. This Texas girl is loving a little California state law. Mm-hmm. All right. Rachel, next. <laughs> next on the docket in the new parish district court. Plaintiff Elisa is suing her current boyfriend, Ben. Plaintiff Elisa claims defendant Ben's abuse of a Facebook buy nothing group has caused her emotional distress and she is owed damages. The defendant is countersuing, claiming harassment by the plaintiff. <laughs> All right. Lisa and Ben, where are you? I think right up here. Yeah. Okay, Rachel's coming with a mic. Thank you. <laughs> Hello, everybody give it up for Elisa and Ben. Yeah. All right. Um, so before we do anything, I think we should read off the email that we received from you. Um, I will read the initial claim. I seek emotional damages caused in the course of Ben's actions regarding the consumption of suspicious oysters. The facts of the case are, Ben saw a post from a random woman on a Buy Nothing Facebook page stating that she had seven oysters available left over from a trip to the ocean and ate them raw. Over the next 24 hours, I was distressed by the potential life or death scenario that commonly arises from the consumption of suspicious seafood. Ben's counterclaim is as follows. I seek emotional damages due to harassment received over completely reasonable decisions made within my purview over my personal food consumption. I took measured steps throughout my procurement of the oysters to ensure their food safety and was satisfied by evidence that they were still alive. I also provided research and argument to Elisa, demonstrating the safety of my decision, all of which was ignored. I was then made to feel guilty about my food consumption decisions. Okay. 
Um, so let's <laughs> let's get you both sworn in. Um, same choices. Elisa. Uh, Star Wars. All right. Wow. All right. Raise your right hand. Do you solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you, Yoda. So help me, Yoda. Yes. Excellent. We need the we need the pew pew. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's right. No, or you can also force push. If you, if you like. there there we go. Ben, what's your choice? Um, I don't know if it damages Elisa's credibility at all, but I frequently have to remind her which movie is which in the Star Wars canon. Whoa. First of all. Wow. Let's we let's, need to adjudicate. Let's start this claim. to yeah. we do not gatekeep fandom here. <laughs> yeah. Right. Let's uh let's go ahead and answer the questions that you're asked. <laughs> so what do you want to swear in on? Am I allowed to choose the same yes. Absolutely. religion? Yeah. In fact, uh, it makes a lot more sense. <laughs> <laughs> ben, please raise your right hand. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you, uh, Ben Solo, a.k.a. Kylo Ren. I do. <laughs> uh, a little bit laser blast. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, keep, keep the mic, Ben. Most of the questions will be for you. <laughs> ben, we're not appointing a defense attorney no. in this one. Uh, you will be ben. representing yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, can you explain, first of all, what a Facebook buy nothing group is? Um, I uh, like to think of it as mutual aid. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, what would you say that it actually is? <laughs> let's forget about how you like to think about it, and, and let's get down to brass tacks here. People, people who have things that they don't use post about them on the buy nothing page and anyone in the Buy Nothing page is able to say that they would be interested in that item and arrange to pick it up. Okay. okay. So this is um, sort of a, a high-tech dumpster diving operation, <laughs> right? You could say so. There's no, there's no significant difference other than the sort of abstraction of technology between what you do and just reaching into a trash can and pulling oysters out. <laughs> If the trash can was a person handing me those oysters, then yes. Okay. I, you know, I wouldn't have said before five minutes ago that I've met a person who's a trash can. But yeah, these <laughs> these were. I think it's safe to say that these are dumpster oysters, <laughs> right? Um. So Ben, we need to under, we need to get into your mindset. What were you doing in this group? Immediately before you spotted the oyster deal, because I yeah. want to, I want to tell you the scenario I'm imagining here, uh, and admittedly, I'm not familiar with buy nothing, but I'm picturing you scrolling something akin to Craigslist, and you're seeing entries, and you're like, "Whoa, there's a fucking potted plant. Who gives a shit?" And then you see seven oysters, and it's like, yeah, and you're freaking out. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Like, oh, oh, shit. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I can maybe get a get in here. A bead of sweat rolls down <laughs> your fucking temple. <laughs> this lady's just giving away oysters. Seven, seven oysters. Can Would you, you say that's Can accurate? you tell us what happened? Yeah. More or less. <laughs> <laughs> what was the um, last thing that you've gotten from 
Facebook, uh, like buy nothing groups before this. All of my furniture when I moved in. So furniture, furniture, yes. furniture, <laughs> reasonable. Yes. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> right. Ob- objectively reasonable yeah. thing to procure online. Um, uh, yeah, go ahead, Ray. So, so Ben, maybe tell us about the trip to get oysters. First of all, you see the oysters. Holy shit. Seven trash oysters. <laughs> Did you change your clothes to leave the house? We're like, I gotta go. I gotta look good for the oyster lady. Better, better put on my business casual. <laughs> Absolutely not. So, um, did you, tell us about the trip. How long so, was it? You know, where did you go? Did you did you pay for the oysters? It, well, it is buy nothing. Okay. So, yes. Sorry. No money sorry. It's buy nothing again. Right. Um, it's a, a buy nothing group specific to the neighborhood of the city that I live in. So okay. I drove about five minutes. And how um, much does gas cost where you're from? <laughs> I drive the car, uh, which makes about 30% of the cars in the city, which is a Toyota Prius. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> all right. Probably okay. about so, maybe. Cool. Maybe 50 I, it feels to like you were answering a different question, <laughs> but um, we, will, we will let this, this slide. You're, you're claiming that you only spent a couple dollars of gas money, Tom. I would say less. Okay. Less than a couple of dollars. Yes, okay. that's correct. Okay, seems like you have a really good grip <laughs> on how much you're spending on gas. Um, so, did you change your clothes? No, I did not. You okay. Didn't. Okay. Could you des- uh, describe the transaction? I stopped on the way to pick up ice. Mm. Prudent. The Prudent. oysters were on ice when I arrived. Uh-huh. Were they uh, shucked? <laughs> they were not shucked. <laughs> you shucked them, Ben? <laughs> I... Had never shucked oysters before and was interested in having well, that experience. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dying. Question, question for, uh, for Elisa. Uh, when were you made aware of the oyster transaction? When, when did you know that this was happening? Yeah. I was sent a picture of the seven oysters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, text, so... It said, look what I got. So, <laughs> can you can you describe for the court your response? Initially, I was concerned because I thought you were only supposed to eat oysters in months that end with R. <laughs> and then my concern turned to major concern when I realized he procured them from this random woman. Uh-huh. I, <laughs> from a stranger. Can we back up? Why did this person have oysters left over? Left over from what? <laughs> so her family. Uh, she's a mother of two. <laughs> wow. Laying it on thick. Which, you didn't pay her any I, money, so don't try to make it like a... <laughs> which I felt added to her credibility. Had taken a trip to Tamales Bay, which is an hour north of here, and renowned for its oysters. That's okay. <laughs> All right. They came back, apparently could not eat the amount of oysters that they had. Yeah, they were like, Let, we, we came back with so many oysters, but these seven... <laughs> Just These seven were too much for us. And you were like, this story makes total sense. I'll grab them. Yes. So we looked up the weight of an oyster um, un, un, or, or shucked, right? Um, and it, if you mash seven together, it's less than a quarter pound, which we think is like, well, let's put it this way. Would you 
have traveled if there was a Facebook buy nothing ad for two meatballs. <laughs> Just, you know. Someone was like, I had a big dinner party and we made meatballs. My Nona made meatballs. I got two left. I have two left over. They're, they're really fucking good meatballs, though. Let me, let me hop in the car, go pick those meatballs up, <laughs> send a picture to my girlfriend. If I'd never had known as meatballs before, I think I would. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> good right. information well, to have. I appreciate, I appreciate how forthright you are, and I think yeah. we're really getting a feel for, for you yeah. here. Uh, Please pass good. the microphone <laughs> to Elisa. Um, Elisa, did you, um, did you take any steps to stop him from eating the oysters, or had he already eaten them once you found out? <laughs> um, he was about to eat them, and I said, please be cautious. <laughs> sure. Which, sure, which sure. means don't eat the oysters, right? Don't, eat those, don't eat those garbage I, I, oysters that you got <laughs> from the internet. And then, so how did you feel when, when you learned that he was going to go ahead and eat seven dumpster oysters <laughs> from um, a stranger? <laughs> I was pretty upset. I was pretty yeah. concerned. Yeah. Yeah. That make, well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I, I think I can, I can vibe so with that. So one, one final question for Ben. Did you dress them up in any way? Was there a mignonet, perhaps? Um, Tabasco and lemon? There was lemon and Tabasco, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, and... <laughs> Oyster gang, rise up. <laughs> All right. So, um, a couple so to drill down, Elisa, you're claiming that he that it, this was distressing to you because he might get sick from the dumpster oysters, and you're claiming that she was harassing you. So, I'd like to hear just a little he, bit. Yeah, you know, I think we're we're relatively low on time because of how interested we've been for the last two days in this oyster situation. <laughs> but if you could just quickly explain what the what the harassment was. Uh, it, to be entirely honest, my heart's not in the counterclaim. <laughs> <laughs> but it felt like the right thing to do. Are you withdrawing the counterclaim? <laughs> no. <laughs> nice. nice. A true litigator's uh, attitude uh, right there. Yeah. Dudes rock. Dudes rock. <laughs> <laughs> and she's the one in law school. Right. <laughs> so I took pains to research... How you can tell whether or not oysters are safe. One of which was that in order to go bad, they have to be dead. And so when I observed that the oysters were still opening while on the ice of their own accord. Uh, <laughs> ben, let me stop you right there. What did she say in particular that you found to be harassing? Yeah. Because that's what we need to adjudicate here. Yeah. Babe, I want you to be safe. <laughs> She told her friends about this. Aha. <laughs> uh -huh. The group chat got involved. Uh, who went to great lengths to ridicule the decisions that I had made. Okay. I gotta be real with you. Yeah. I, I am sympathetic to that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it really feels to me like that's not harassment in the sense that you mean it and you <laughs> sent it to her presumably because you thought she'd be like whoa cool <laughs> that's correct um that's but correct. you misjudged that's also correct and you suffered the consequences of having shared 
the dumpster oyster information. <laughs> um, can you point to anything specific besides sharing with her friends that you felt was harassment? I think this incident occurred approximately three months ago. I think the ongoing nature <laughs> of it being brought up mm. might mm. speak to... Mm. Uh-huh. Would you say you've been guilt-tripped? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> understood. Okay. Understood. Well, I've heard enough. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. More, more than enough. Yeah. More than enough. I think yeah. this one's unanimous. I yeah. think this is uh, a, a, a slam dunk for Elisa. Um. <laughs> let's, let, I think we, we have some final thoughts. What? We have yeah. Some I, I mean, look, uh, Elisa. <laughs> I, I would be interested in whether it was his body, his choice, me. if he had gotten severely ill from the fucking oysters. Yeah. And then Elisa had to take care of him. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, last thing, Elisa, A, we will uh, have your damages for you. Uh, B, you might need to take a bigger step back, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe think about what you're doing. Ben, in my position as a judge, I would be remiss if I did not impart to you some sage wisdom. When you're in a relationship, (laughs) you're no longer responsible to just yourself. And you have to think about how your actions impact your significant other. As Peter mentioned, if you ingest trash oysters, (laughs) you might get extremely ill. And who's going to be cleaning up the vomit? <laughs> who's going to be holding back that beautiful hair of yours? <laughs> that's, that's Elisa's job. And, and so I think at the very least, you need, to, you need to take her feelings into account in the future before you go on Craigslist <laughs> and buy dodgy seafood. <laughs> yeah. Also, I want to say, look, if it was like 50 oysters. <laughs> you get it. We get it. I get it. Like, you roll the dice, and you're like, this is... That's a lot of fucking oysters. You could have spent $15 at a restaurant and just gotten these presented to you, along with other food and drink. Okay. Um, Elisa, honestly. (laughs) Give it up for Ben and Elisa. All right. Before we move on to Q&A, one more sponsor. This we have live, an ad. This is important. We got to fucking... It is. Um, this live show money. is brought to you in part by BetterHelp. BetterHelp's demographic research shows that 5-4 listeners have a lot of shared anxieties and fears. <laughs> You're uncertain about the future. You don't know how to balance your career with your sense of morality. There's a kid at your law school who Naruto runs through the hallways <laughs> and just got a clerkship with the Seventh Circuit. <laughs> BetterHelp is here to tell you that you don't deserve this. You deserve to be happy. Sign up today. BetterHelp.com. Promo code Naruto. That one we did for free because we care about you guys. (laughs) All right. I think it's time for some Q&A. Yeah. That's right. Let's see. Did we get a single question, Rachel? Yeah, we did. We did. Dan asks... This is an important first question. Dan asks, will you be staying after the event for the Selena dance party in this same space? (laughs) Dan, we have been discussing that amongst ourselves. As a Texan, I would absolutely love to. That sounds banging. 
Um, but we are going to go somewhere. Yeah, we don't know show. where. We, we don't know anything it. about where we are or uh, anything like that. But we are going to go I to a bar and grab like food and a, and a drink. Um, again, we don't know where, but we'll we'll probably tell you yeah. um, when we figure it out. That's right. But yeah, we're going to get a bite. We're going to get a drink. Probably not here. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, but but we will let you know. Yeah. Okay. Next, Patrick. Uh, Patrick asks, which of the planeteers' elements would each of you represent? Earth, fire, wind, water, and heart. Mm. Heart, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I fucking got in this world. That's the only one that's not just like dirt. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong. I'm fucking fire. (laughs) Shit. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be dirt or earth or whatever. (laughs) That sounds right. <laughs> All so right. ordered. Al asks, how do you maintain your real legitimate legal careers while having your spiciest opinions broadcast out on a weekly basis? AKA, tell me how I can be employable but still call Gorsuch a shithead in public forums. Yeah. Mm. Good question. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in New York, it is illegal to discriminate against people for their uh, outside of work activities. So that's how I do it. I don't know. <laughs> My my cheat code is that I no longer do legal work. It fucking rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Say whatever the fuck I want. Um, my method is a little bit different. I mean, I think I, uh, <laughs> I think that this could be controversial depending on the context of where I live and where I work. Um, I just so happen to work at an office where. My supervisors know about the podcast. My colleagues, my coworkers know about the podcast. A lot of them listen to it. They get it. Like, we're all on the same page. You know, also, I'm never talking about specific things that happen at work on the podcast. So work with cool people is, is, probably, is probably the lesson. Okay, Alana asks, which sitting justice do you think you could most easily take in a fight? <laughs> You can answer individually or as a group, but I gotta know. If it's the three of us, we're, we can take out all nine. Come on. Um, I mean, me and Michael could. I don't know what Peter is really. America's Michael. daintiest lawyer. <laughs> uh, yeah, every time um, someone brings up fighting, Michael will tell a new story where he'll be like, oh yeah, some guy once bumped into me on the subway and I just turned around and punched him in the jaw. <laughs> Uh, and he's in a coma still. Um, we, we get a new one of those stories all the time. Every week, yeah. I've been in my fair share of fights. Yeah. Um, the, the question is, who's the weakest justice? Right. Yeah. I think the real question is, who's the largest justice you think you could take out? Well, so that's... So what I was going to say is, forget weakest justice. I mean, you could fucking slap Stephen Breyer in the face and he would probably yeah. have a seizure. Right. But... Um, I mean, like, Brett Kavanaugh, that guy was, like, clearly, like, a frat boy. Brett Kavanaugh can scrap, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I would love to fucking take that guy out. <laughs> I think that would be a blast. Yeah, I think you got to go, you got to dream big big, and try to and try to go for Kav. Yeah. Try to knock him out. Also, I mean, I would never hit a woman or POC, personally. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me how all those other fights, uh, who those were with. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, Alex asks, who is the worst Supreme Court justice in the last 100 years? It depends how you mean it. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, 
you can you can put Scalia in because the influence on the right is so is so considerable. Um, but if it's just like who's the biggest piece of shit like in a vacuum, that's probably much harder to answer. Right. Um, but I, I think the I think like the real answer is probably Scalia. He was just super influential within their movement, and uh, that did a lot of damage. I think that's right. I I always I mean Scalia's at the top of my list for sure. I hate with every fiber of my being. William Rehnquist. Mm-hmm. I just think mm-hmm. uh, I just I'm so glad that motherfucker is dead just like Scalia. Any thoughts, Michael? Well, I mean, you guys you guys mentioned two pieces of shit who are rotting in hell <laughs> and uh, as, as they rightly should. So I'm just going to say, I'm going to answer a different question, which is who's the worst on the current courts? In terms of worst, I would say pod enemy Chief Justice John Roberts. Yeah. I'm sorry. Even if he's on the outside of some of these 5-4 decisions now, he has done more for the Supreme Court's PR and for the legitimacy of their current state than any of those other assholes. And I fucking hate his guts for it. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. Um, Talia has more of a comment than a question, which is really interesting because of the format here. (laughs) Uh, Hate James Madison. Fuck that guy. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much, Talia. (laughs) And he thought Congress was like a really good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Not correct. Yeah, is he is he one is he one who was like we should have a Senate? Yeah. It was yeah. it was uh Hamilton on the other side. Yeah. Hamilton was like the executive guy. I've seen the musical. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kyle has a good question. If you could delete someone from Twitter or cancel someone, who would it be? Those that's, are different that's questions. Easy. The Ooh. law boy. Tired of fucking <laughs> I'm sick of him. Tired of competing with him for fucking faves. What the Sick fuck, of every dude. tweet going viral. It's a non-zero. It's a non-zero game. <laughs> uh, non-zero sum game. Yeah, I, no, I no, think I'm that the if I'm the question kidding. is canceling and it, it's like beyond Twitter, then uh, Joe Biden. I would like to see Joe Biden get canceled. <laughs> yeah. I I would like to see that play out. In, <laughs> in terms of Twitter, you know, uh, Neil Katyal. Mm-hmm. I don't like that guy. Yeah. And, and like this is very niche for me, but there is a uh, there's a professor at the University of North Carolina named uh, Carissa Byrne Hessick, and I just I fucking hate her guts. <laughs> and she, you know what? Like she's like Rand Paul or one of those people where she's kind of libertarian, and so she has good positions on some shit like prosecutors. She's a she's a pedant, right? I would love to see her kicked off Twitter. Let's just yeah. say that, and yeah. we won't go any further. Right. Because as I said, I, I don't would know why you have to turn everything into like the implication of killing someone. <laughs> it's like this is what it's like to handle this podcast. Like every every week, Michael says something, and then we're like, "Well, we have to cut that because Wait. people listen to this." <laughs> and it's like it's just a litany of felonies. I had a fake drip. I, I, I had a fake ad for this this show that got cut as well. It's uh, do not it's say it. I of course do not do the ad. Do not do the ad. I will not. <laughs> I understand the way majority rule works. 
<laughs> we believe in democracy here. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, last question. Where did Michael end up day drinking? I did not. Well, okay. That's not true. I did. <laughs> <laughs> But it it was at the Airbnb out of a bottle of tequila that Rachel sent us very generously. Yeah. Um, And our production manager, Persia. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Persia. Thank you, Leon. They sent us a bunch of, you know, paraphernalia that got us fucked up. (laughs) But uh, Just just the three of us at an Airbnb just... Like, they sent us to a $100 a night Airbnb and sent us $200 worth of weed. Yeah. <laughs> Priorities are, are questionable. But, um, but yeah, so I would have loved to go to, like, like Chalet or, or whatever, any of the dozen of... Whatever frilly bullshit uh, <laughs> that people get into around here. Or whatever. But... After the show... As it was, we were preparing for this show. Right. We put mm-hmm. a lot of effort into this. Uh, yeah. Because we love you guys. Yeah. That's we right. Wanted to make this great. Yeah. yeah. So I I feel like we've got a little bit of extra time, and um, we should probably just talk about Jenny. That's right. Yeah. Yes. So as you guys Our girl know, girl in the news. <laughs> obviously, we're pretty big Jenny heads here, and um, we've been following her work. We did an interview with Jane Mayer. Jane had, um, you know, a piece in the New Yorker. There's another one in the Times, and then things sort of spiraled <laughs> out of control pretty aggressively when it turned out that when someone leaked from the uh, <laughs> the investigation into January 6, text messages between Ginny and the Trump White House, um, Ruh-roh. where she, where she, where she said that Biden was going to be <laughs> held at Gitmo. <laughs> Biden, I think, and his family. And his, fa- and his family. That I think Biden. was, um, maybe not Jill. that he was going to be, not just that he was going to be, but that they were on barges outside of That's Gitmo right. That's right. at the time. <laughs> um, which is sort of just the fine, final confirmation that Ginny is a QAnon freak. That's right. Um, which right. we had long suspected, but no one quite knew. Um, and extra funny because Justice Thomas heard a case about those fucking subpoenas. That, that's right. And did not recuse himself. Uh, and in fact, was the only dissenter being like, um, stay away from my wife. <laughs> I, I always protect women. Justice Thomas. It was the Will Smith Oscar speech. <laughs> Clarence Thomas confirmed wife guy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's love. You. That's love. That, that is. Um, so we are um, we're entering a new era where every single uh, where we're going to get hit with Ginny news pretty consistently. I think, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and then there's going to be calls to recuse, and they're all going to dig in. Um, and n- I think it's safe to say nothing's going to happen. He's never going to step down. No. Um, it doesn't seem like he's dying anymore. That was a brief. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Don't sue us. Blame God. You know. <laughs> Nobody wanted to swear on Allah, and uh, maybe we're reaping the fucking yeah. whirlwind here. The one uh, true religion. He's disappointed. No. <laughs> you know, even after he got out of the hospital, Clarence Thomas has been laying low, and we've we've thro- floated a couple of theories amongst ourselves. Um, one of them is that like he's using the illness as an excuse to avoid being in public because right. of all this bad press. But I am secretly 
Not so secretly, because I'm telling all of you right now. <laughs> Holding out hope that, like, that bitch is dying. And, uh, yeah. and he just doesn't want anybody to know, and he's hoping he can, like, make it to the fucking midterms, and right. the Democrats will lose the Senate, and uh, then he can die in peace and, and know that Mitch McConnell will hold that seat open. Right. I'm hoping that's the case, and I'm hoping he fucking kicks the bucket. Yeah. Much sooner yeah. than that. Yeah. Um, so prayers. Can up you believe the merch if he dies? I'll tell you what. I have already contacted our merch guy. <laughs> We're doing. The artists are working on it. Yeah. yeah. We're doing merch the way that large publications do obituaries for really old celebrities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've got the design ready to go. Got it ready. My sincere hope is that Clarence Thomas dies and you learn about it from a post from our podcast account advertising our new t-shirts. That's right. (laughs) There's nothing that would make me happier. Yeah. So, there is only one thing left to do. There is. Yeah, that's right. Couple couple, uh, housekeeping notes. Um, Due to California law, we cannot record this portion. We would ask you not to secretly record this portion. And if we see someone recording it, we will have to stop calling Brett Kavanaugh. That's right. Um, So keep that in mind. We... um, Again, just to sort of back this up, someone told us about a year ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they said, you know, FYI, I have Brett Kavanaugh's phone number. It dates to 2018. Um, we think it's there's a good chance he changed numbers after the confirmation hearings, et cetera, but maybe not. And so we thought, we've just been sitting on this for a year, and we were like, what would be a fun little treat <laughs> to do with the live show? Um, this whole process has given me pretty heavy anxiety, so Michael's going to do it. <laughs> when, when I suggested this, Peter was laughing uncontrollably and having a panic attack <laughs> <laughs> at, the, at the same yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. So um, I got this. I got this, guys. So Michael is going to open this Motorola. <laughs> That's right. So we, we envision four different scenarios. Our hope is this is great. We want to prepare you that it might not be, right? It could easily be a dead number. It could be yeah. a dead number. It could be a dud. So we might get a Verizon wireless customer, whatever, not in service, blah, blah, blah. We might get some fucking rando. We don't know who it is. Maybe it's still Brett's number and his kid picks up. Yeah. Maybe it's just some person and we're just going to be like, sorry, wrong number and hang up. We might get a voicemail. In which case, we will leave a voicemail. In which case... <laughs> Yeah, we yeah, leave we're a leaving voicemail. a voicemail for sure. We got one ready. And uh, we might get Brett. You never know. And if we do, we need you to be quiet for a moment. There will be a moment um, for on-phone applause, right? That's right. Yeah. And I will, if we get Brett, if we get Brett, I promise you, there will be a you moment can see where I point out. You to can you. see he's excited. Look how I excited I will point to you, is. and I will want you to make some fucking noise. <laughs> All right? I will also add that if this is a dud, we don't really have a way to lift the show back up at the end. Yeah. <laughs> just putting it out there. It's just okay. going to sort of wrap. Yeah. So, just, so here we go. Here we go. All right, let's go. Contacts. One contact, Big BK. <laughs> let's hit this. 
Hey guys, it's Rachel. I produce this show and I am not particularly interested in going to jail. So I wouldn't let the hosts record this conversation because California is a two-party state. But what happened was the phone rang and it rang and it rang. And then we got the very generic voicemail message. We didn't get a name of who the phone number belonged to or anything, but Michael left a message saying he was from the Judicial Crisis Network and that he had gotten the number from a mutual friend, Virginia. And uh, he asked for a call back because he had some cues, if he catches drift. Uh, and then he hung up. And then that was it. And I breathed an enormous sigh of relief because I do not need that smoke. Folks, I'll tell you what, that went better than I could have possibly had. I, <laughs> I need a drink so bad. <laughs> All, right. All right. We love you so much. Thank you for coming. Yes. This was a lot of fun. Yes. This yeah. was a lot of fun. Thank you. <laughs>